The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, Bruce Chen gave up more runs in the 10th inning tonight than Wade Davis has all year. Six allowed by Chen tonight in the 10th. Five by Davis earned run-wise all season long. As we welcome you into a sad edition of Clubhouse Conversation, not only because the Royals lost Game 3 against the Twins, which is not that sad. They still won the series. So it's a loss that doesn't bother you that much. But to me, it's more sad because it's got to be the last time we have probably will ever see Bruce Chen in a Royals uniform pitching in a meaningful game. I mean, you almost certainly saw Bruce Chen for the final time pitching in a meaningful game for the Kansas City Royals as there's a 0.0% chance he's back at the major league level pitching for this team next year. And obviously with the game tied in the 10th, let's dig right in here. He comes in because Ned Yost had used his entire bullpen. Frazier came in earlier. Bueno came in earlier. Davis was unavailable for pitching two days in a row. And after that, you go down the list. Herrera, Hollins. All you had was Downs, who was activated today, and Chin. Neither reliable. Neither trustworthy at this point. But Ned goes with Chin to get more innings, I suppose, and keep, as an absolute emergency, keep Downs out there, hoping probably to get three to four innings at a Chin. And and Chen didn't have it. Six runs on five hits with two walks. One was intentional, but six runs on five hits, two walks in just one inning. Did strike out the leadoff hitter and got him in the last out, Vargas, of the inning, first and third outs of that inning. He'll be getting some crap tonight as Minnesota flies to Baltimore. They'll have a happier flight tonight as they touch down about 5 a.m. in Baltimore. But Chen now sitting at 7.45 and continues to be roughed up. I mean, he's getting roughed up. Two out of three outings. And granted, those are over the stretch of weeks at a time because he's not pitching that often, but that there's no excuse. I mean, the rustiness thing, you're the mop-up guy in the bullpen. You're getting paid a damn good salary to do it. And, and I mean, there's no excuses. That's what your role is. Your role is not going to get you in the game very often. And it can't anymore. He just can't make another important appearance in a Royals uniform. And I, and I love Bruce Chen. I, I mean, this is not a – I'm, I'm a lot more sad about that than I am the game tonight. The, the game tonight had the Royals lost 6-5 to five or something or fell one run short or got blown out, whatever. doesn't. I mean, I wouldn't even really care, to be honest with you, because the Royals had to get two out of three in the series, and they did. They just got to keep winning series. That's all they got to do, keep winning series, as they've done that with 11 series in a row now since they've lost – you know, way back to Boston, you got to go back to right after the All Star break. But talking about Bruce Chen, you have two options with Bruce Chen. The way I see it, one, you you just keep things as is right now. You try to sneak Bruce Chen to Monday without using him again. So three more days until you can expand those rosters on Monday, September call-ups. And you can just sneak him and, and you know keep him on the team and just bring him in once or twice in September and a big blowout either way. Let him mentor some more young pitchers if Fennigan comes up or what have you, some of the young lefties or whoever else comes up. He's I know he's Ventura's buddy as well. And he's a guy you love. He's, he's a guy that married a Kansas City girl. He's a guy that's been in the organization for a long time who bought a house in Surprise, Arizona, a couple years back. And a guy that you could definitely see staying with the organization for years to come in some sort of coaching role. So, number one, the option you have is, yeah, to try to keep him on the roster as is for three or more days and hope like hell you don't have to use him. Don't think you can do that, though. I mean, the Royals now have a game-and-a-half lead over Detroit. It, we've been talking for weeks and weeks how the longer they kept winning and winning and winning, they gave themselves more more margin for error, which is true. I mean, imagine had they not continued that streak for as long as they did. 
they'd be in trouble right now. So uh, the margin for error is there, but not much. At this point, you don't want Detroit getting that lead back in the division. At this point, you want to take it from here on out. You got a game and a half still, so if you can avoid losing three games in a row the rest of the season, you've got a pretty good chance of staying in first place. You can't lose more than two in a row from here on out, essentially. That's not totally true. That's not true technically, but you get what I'm saying. If you, I'm saying if you want to keep the lead the whole rest of the season, you can definitely lose three in a row and still win the division. I'm not saying that. But to keep that lead, you just got to keep winning ball games, keep winning series. So I don't know that you can carry Bruce Chen against Cleveland. Granted, they do have a lot of left-handers. Is now the time to bring up Finnegan? Because the, sex, the, the second option you have is either to DFA Chen, opening up a 40 spot, or to put him on the 60-day DL, which I don't know if he'd go for that or not. That may, may you know make him appear as damaged goods going into next year or when he's a free agent. I don't know if he plans on pitching or not next year. I'm assuming he probably does because I heard him say he wants to pitch till he's well into his 40s. So you could DFA or put him on the 60-day DL. Maybe you give him the option. You go to Bruce tonight or tomorrow morning and say, "Listen, we love you. We want to hire you as a coach, but we just it's not working. We, we can't afford to have this right now." We need a 40 spot. I mean, not only for Finnegan or Terrence Gore, if they call him up from Omaha, the speedster down there, those guys will have to be at it. But also don't forget Jason Nix was claimed today. We'll talk about that more a bit later. So to me, there's two options with Chen. You either hope like hell you can get to Monday and not have to use him this weekend against Cleveland. You need a lefty in that pin. I mean, you do, you do have Downs back, and you do have Bueno. So you do have two lefties down there. So do you risk it? Hope you don't have to use him. Or do you DFA him or put him on the 60-day DL to open a spot in the 40 for either Knicks or Finnegan? To me, those are the, the two options you have. We'll see what the Royals choose. I think if, if it's me, as much as I hate to do this, I'm either I'm going to him and saying you have the option. Which do you want? Now, outside of Bruce Chen, this was a pretty good baseball game tonight. I mean, Jeremy Guthrie didn't have his good stuff. He allowed five runs and six innings. He wasn't awful. He got hit hard, though, no doubt. Didn't have his good stuff tonight. Six innings allowed nine hits with the five runs. Five strikeouts, two walks. Jeremy Guthrie now has a 4.43 ERA. He is what he is, you know? A, you know, a great, 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 great number five, a good number four, and a so-so number three. That's what he is at this point of his career. He's doing his job, though. He's eating innings. He's, for the most part, keeping Royals in the game. The entire season. I mean, even today, he kept him in the game. They were able to come back a couple of times. And the Royals got three scoreless innings out of their bullpen with Bueno, Frazier, Herrera, and Holland before Chen imploded. And then we saw the play of the night, obviously, was Lorenzo Kane. How ridiculous. I mean, two nights in a row. Alex Gordon last night, just absolutely ridiculous. If that was a slider, you'd call it filthy. We call it not safe for work. That's how good it was by Alex last night. Kane. Damn near as good tonight. 95% as good as Alex tonight. Going back there in straightaway center and robbing Arcia. <laughs> kind of funny to see him tip his batting helmet. I've got to say I'm coming around more on Arcia. Looks like a really good young player. Seemed kind of like a like a, like a like a hot dogger. Maybe somebody that seemed a little full of himself earlier in the season when we first saw him. But I'm starting to come around on him. Seems like a playful guy that plays the game the right way. I love seeing him leg that triple out tonight later on in the game against Chen. I mean, I didn't love seeing it, but you know what I mean. I love seeing the effort, so... The offense gave the Royals some credit tonight. They battled back three different times after getting behind. They came back and tied it three times, of course, in the top of the first. The Twins play two. The Royals come right back, get two. Then the Royals get down four to two in the top of the fourth, and by the bottom of the fifth, they tie it because they add one in both the fourth and the fifth. One more time, the Royals get down five to four in the sixth, and Alex Gordon goes yard again. 
in the seventh, leading that inning off to tie the game at five. But yeah, ultimately eleven to five would be the final after Bruce Chen was able, unable to, you know, get the Twins out of town before he could the Royals' offense could get you know prevail and win this one. Just didn't happen tonight. So it's a tough loss for the Royals, but all in all, a good series. And again, you wish you had won that. Yankees game because you wanted to go seven and three on this homestand, which looks doubtful now with six games left. You'd have to go five and one. They could do it, but at this point, like I kept saying, six and four is fine because that means you're winning series. If the Royals finish this homestand four and two, they're still in first place when they hit the road because Detroit could go five and one their next six and the Royals would still be in first place. So you go, you just take care of your own business. You go two out of three the next two series. Cleveland's going to be tough. Well, let's talk about this series. The good news is we do miss Corey Kluber, which is big. But I think Cleveland is is better pitching wise than you think they are, and and, and I understand they're not as good as the Royals. But I, the, the guy that scares me, the matchup that scares me is Saturday mainly. We'll talk. Well, let's talk the matchups here real quick. So tomorrow it's Jason Vargas against right-hander David Salazar. Salazar, you know all about him. We've seen him plenty. He's as a four-five-two. He's four and six. Pitched here in KC on July twenty-seventh. The Royals were able to get a decent amount of hits against him. Hit per inning, seven innings, seven hits allowed, but only three runs. So didn't really do a lot against David Salazar last time. The Royals are okay against him. That's that's a good matchup tomorrow night for the Royals. Vargas against Salazar. Go out and get that game tomorrow. No more losing streaks. Get that first game tomorrow because Cleveland's tough. They're still a team above five hundred with an outside chance at making a run for the wild card and or division. They're kind of like where the Royals were at this time last year, maybe a couple games behind. Not quite as good. I mean, their chances are the Royals could just about effectively end their chances of making the postseason with a sweep this weekend. That would essentially eliminate Cleveland all but mathematically. So Cleveland still has something to play for. They're not going to be easy. They're kind of like that roach. You, 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 you stomp on the cockroach, but it's still alive. You stomp on it again and just barely there moving, and you have to keep doing it, you know? That's kind of how Cleveland is. And Cleveland's going to be wanting to spoil Casey's plans. They're going to want us bad. So this this series really does worry me, for real. you got to find a way to win two. And I just – the Royals haven't lost a series in forever, and I'm not saying they're going to lose the series, but I'm just saying the Royals need to play well this weekend, need to pitch well. You can't have any more Bruce Chen making appearances. From here on out, you can't have that crap. You can't be playing guys who aren't ready to play and – Guys that shouldn't be playing. Josh Willingham needs to be in there four out of five days minimum at DH the next two weeks, for example. You've got to play your best at this point, especially against Cleveland. So two out of three, no excuses this weekend. It's going to be tough, though. Tomorrow, I like our odds, 60-40. Saturday's in our favor. I just have a bad feeling about facing Trevor Bauer again. The Royals roughed him up back in June, and he's been better. I mean, he's been getting better. He, he's a guy in the past when he uh, the Diamondbacks organization came up with was very egotistical and like has his own YouTube videos and thinks he knows how to you know didn't want a pitching coach and wanted to call his own games and he's finally starting to come down to earth after getting his brains beat in for a while and not having success and he's dangerous I mean he's got a four one eight which has been going down to five seven and I don't know I I just don't love that matchup on Saturday I, the Royals have the edge but I'm a little nervous about that game so that's why I really want to get tomorrow. And then Sunday, I like the Royals' chances pretty good. T.J. House, the lefty against Danny Duffy. All of a sudden, the last couple of months, mainly this season, the Royals have been doing a pretty good job against lefties after years and years of us being, what, like 15 or 20 under 500 every year against lefties, you know, going back to the last decade, 15 years. So House versus Duffy, I love the Royals' chances tomorrow and Sunday. Get those two games and whatever on Saturday. I mean, obviously, from this point on, there's not really any quote-unquote gravy games, as I call them, where you can – tonight was probably the last gravy game we might have if Detroit keeps winning. It's going to be tough. 
I did some. I, I spent another, I don't know, 20 minutes today going over both teams' schedules, crunching some numbers, and I really think a lock is 92 wins. Detroit didn't get into 92, but Detroit could still get to 91. So to me, the Royals, if they want to lock this division down, need to get to 92. And, and I kind of did best case and worst case for the Royals, realistically. The worst case I came up with was 88, 89 wins. The best case was 94, 95. So that's the good news. If the Royals finish in between the best case and worst case, they can still get to 92 wins fairly easily. And, that, and, that, and that's assuming Detroit. I had Detroit only losing one series the rest of the year. Not getting swept ever. You know, obviously they get swept, things change a little bit. So Detroit does have their backs up against Wall more than the Royals do. That's the good news. And the White Sox are throwing Sale and Quintana, and who else do they have? Scott Carroll against Verlander. I mean, the, the matchups are fairly even pitching-wise. Now, obviously, Detroit's got the better ball club than the White Sox. But you hope the White Sox can sneak out at least one this week, and they need to. The Royals get two out of three. They stay right where they're at. So the Royals need to win two out of three, take care of business. Real quick, Jason Nix was claimed. Eh, meh. What do you even say about it? Claimed off outright waivers from the Pirates. I'm kind of assuming he's insurance for Cologne as the utility guy. What I think is going on, I mean, because Jason Nix has been called a ball player and gritty, and you know he's, he's he goes back to the Chris Getz, Ross Glode type guys, the gritty guys, that play the game hard and the right way. Rest in peace, Ryan Friel, who I loved, played the game that way. That's kind of how Jason Nix is: balls to the wall, plays hard. I'm a good, you know, good player. I'm not, not not a good player. I mean, a, a fun player, a solid baseball player, a baseball player. That's what he is. He's a baseball player, as, as people would call him. But to me, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He doesn't really do anything well, period. So he better not start more than two games in September. Let's put it that way. I see him as a guy that will be activated on Monday unless they decide to do something with Chen. Maybe they do it tomorrow, possibly. Go one last reliever this weekend. I doubt it. I, I still think there's an outside chance we see Brandon Finn again, although I, I know he was roughed up a little bit his last outing in Northwest Arkansas. But for another lefty with electric stuff that Cleveland's never seen, you might want him up this weekend. We'll see. It'll be interesting. But Jason Nix... To me, is just is Cologne right now. Like if Infante's healthy, that's what Jason Nix is. He's back up to Cologne. He's on the September roster only. You know, if Christian Cologne has to start every day, then he becomes Christian Cologne. Is what I'm trying to say. Otherwise, if Infante's fine, then Cologne's your utility guy, and Nix is whatever. You don't ever play him. So I think Nix is just purely a depth move in case Omar Infante is not able to stay healthy in the month of September. A guy to back up Cologne, so that way you don't have to bring up Pedro Siriaco. That does mean the end of Pedro Siriaco. So, eh, you know, whatever. One of those moves. So that's kind of where we're at tonight. It'll be interesting to see what the Royals do with Bruce Chen. Hang in the Royals fans. No big deal. Nice series win. You know, let, get out there to the K this weekend. Support this team. This is going to be a tough series. I, I'm not kidding. I'm worried about the series this weekend. Let, let's play well against Cleveland because you get if you can get through this series and win this series, you really only have three more series circled the rest of the year. And, of course, that's the Yankees and the Tigers twice. You get through this series with a game and a half or better lead, you have a pretty darn good chance as we enter the last 29 games of the season. We'll have it again tomorrow night for you on Clubhouse Conversation. We'll also be talking to a couple of current Royals in the minor leagues. We'll have a couple more minor league interviews, do a couple big league ones in September. The current Royals tab here. We have a couple guys who have been named to the Arizona Fall League roster coming up in the next few days. Several former Royals I'm very excited to bring to you. I've, I've been busy this week, guys. I've been in touch with about six or seven former Royals who are excited to be on the Clubhouse Conversation over the next few weeks. So I'm glad you found us. I'm glad you found the dish after each game right here. Spread the word. I really appreciate it. 
at Rails Clubhouse is the Twitter. And yeah, I'd be looking for tons and tons of interviews year-round here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night.